0: KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Here we are! It's another week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. If you're listening live and you want to give us a call, it's 866-536-1100. Feel free, if you're not listening live, to email us. Uh, go to our website, chatterboxgameshow.com. There's uh, Ara and myself right there on the website. You can email us araoralon at chatterboxgameshow.com. Um,
1: Beautifully orchestrated.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we try.
1: Much uh, unlike Arnold Schwarzenegger's marriage.
0: <laughs> yes, much. So uh let, let me ask you, Arnold, what um what news is going on in your world this week?
1: Alan, I'm so happy that you decided to get these stupid impressions out of the way so we can talk about video games for the rest of the show.
0: I like to start off the show light. Yeah. Do you know what I told Maria last week? Just last week? Uh you know what? I wasn't there last week. I missed it.
1: Maria, remember when I told you that it was till death do us part?
0: You know, I'll I, be back. I do, I do uh, recall that you you must have had that discussion with her, perhaps on a stage. I a lied. Time. Wow. So, uh, so you're leaving her? Yeah. Is that because you found someone with uh, more magnificent muscles? Yeah. Okay. Hey,
1: let's. Uh, can you play that uh, that clip again? That I'll be back. I'll be back to get my stuff. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny. That, okay, that, that's enough. That exact sound effect is from the T2 video game. Is it really? The arcade game. Like, I don't know if that's where he pulled it from, but that exact sound effect is in the Terminator 2 Judgment Day arcade game, the one, you know, with the blasters, Yeah, the shooting but, that, game. but that's taken from the movie. It probably so is. So how do you know which clip they... Is? Well, what I'm saying, that sound effect, like, yeah. in my brain, yeah. I don't think movie, I think game. I see. Because for, it, it could very well be that,
1: you know, it could have been captured from the game for all we know.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, the game, there's there's certain audio quality that is... Right, it, exactly. It drops considerably for the video game. Yeah, Precisely. You know, also because it's a clip rather than part of some fluid, you know, movie and dialogue and music and whatever. It's just the voice. Right. But what's funny to me is that I hear that and I instant like, I see in my brain, I see the cabinet. I see the two guns on it. I can see the uh, the, like, parallax field... Of the, of the game because it's just like the T2, uh, not T2, the uh, like T1000 robots yeah. moving around and like the big old helicopter ish thing. Not helicopter. Was it Terminator 2
1: thing. or 1 that was the arcade game? I thought it was
0: 2. That's what I'm saying, T2. Yeah. Okay. But it, uh, oh, you're I was so referring, you're referring to, to the model. I was referring to the robot itself, I which see. is the T1000. Yes. Not the T2000. I honestly, I don't know Terminator lore very yes, well, so yes, I might be confusing do. it. Yes, you do. You freaking get it. Might be the know. T100. You know all of it. The, the one that. Arnold was modeled after, not the Melty one, which was right. I think the T2000. Someone will correct me on that. Anyway, we will wait your corrections. It's just it's interesting. Like you know, everybody has their thing in life, and with me, it's it's video games and video game trivia. And like I hear that sound effect, I see video game in the Dream Machine arcade in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the Pheasant Lane Mall. That's what I see. Fantastic. That game. Now that arcade is no longer there. The mall, however, is still there. But very sad. All right, moving forward. So we've got uh, several things to talk about today.
1: Let's. Uh, I I got to mention also very quickly. Um, one of our wonderful listeners sent me a wonderful comment. Perhaps one of the greatest comments that I could receive.
0: Surprise. I Th- this surprises me actually because you're not like a literature major. This that you would take this particular thing as such a compliment. All right, so I'll just tell everybody what it was. The guy
1: was like, I have to Google. Words that come out of your mouth at least once or twice per show to find out what they mean.
0: Were you about to go into Arnold? And with that,
1: I don't know. I think
0: you were. <laughs> I'll be back.
1: <laughs> Apparently, he came back.
0: Uh, to get my cockies. Yeah. So uh, you use large words on the show, which is funny. I just pretend that I know what they mean sure. and go along with it.
1: No, this is. I, I actually, I don't know how this comes across at all. But I actually, I, I don't attempt to use large vocabulary. And I actually, I hate when people use... I'm not sure our listeners believe you. Well, they might not. <laughs> but I can assure you. And I hate how people will use large words when the simpler word is actually more appropriate. And I'll give you an example. This I is totally, like,
0: I totally do that.
1: This is like my pet peeve of the universe, right? This is when people use the word erstwhile.
0: I, I do not know what that and, is. and this is
1: actually like this is actually the best example because usually when you want to use a different word, there is there's something else to it that it has a different tenor to it. it has a different slightly different meaning to it. It has some kind of edge. there's something about its meaning that's actually different in a meaningful way from the simpler word that makes it worth using right that makes it meaningful. But erstwhile, erstwhile is one of those words that all it means is former. And I want to be a douchebag while saying it. That's the only thing that you get from using the word erstwhile. It just means former. It doesn't mean anything else. It doesn't mean like former and he got canned or former and we hate the guy now or former and whatever. No, it just means former.
0: Okay, so there's
1: no reason to use that word unless like you want to be... Literarily masturbatory.
0: Okay. Or perhaps rhyme it with something.
1: That will also uh, work.
0: Although I imagine it would be difficult to rhyme that with anything. Anyway. <laughs> perhaps with pile.
1: But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I always I don't know what to say, man. I got a little bit of the, the Dennis Miller in me. You know Dennis Miller how he does that? Yeah. You know, I got a little bit of that. But uh I I am very pleased to hear that some people appreciate that because I don't do it on purpose.
0: There's actually um my uh I don't know if I want to go into specifics. Someone that I know uh teaches at a you know university level, right? right.
1: Um
0: like a, a TA, a master's student or PhD candidate or something. I don't I don't know exactly what he does. But uh he was commenting recently um to my wife specifically about how he, he reads the things that are provided like the papers that the the students write and and he then has to grade. Yeah. It, he looks at these things and he can't understand like how it is they went through life apparently for 20 or so years, having uh, never read a book, (laughs) because they write so poorly these days. And I'm, you know, I'm not a writer by trade, but I am definitely a writer, capable of writing, I should say, and editing and and making things sound uh, better than most people can. Yeah. And, uh, which is (laughs) funny, because on the radio, I don't think I do that. But um, I've seen things that people write, and it's just horrible. And so I I can sort of feel his pain. So... I think you and I slipped by before the Internet age destroyed everyone's brains. Well,
1: I think also what happened is, like, we actually got homework and did it.
0: Oh, that's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. I think the, uh, the theory is that the Internet destroyed things because it's so easy to find things. And, well, first of all, because you don't need to be a writer to be published anymore. So a bunch of idiots who don't deserve to be read. For Well, that's, that's <laughs> you true. Know, now their material is available to everyone. And uh, that material may be, well, not... Uh, literarily stimulating, is that the right word? Sure, um, why not? It's, it at least fills whatever void the person needs or what they're trying to find. Yeah. The you, know,
1: you know what's really interesting? I'm going to actually bring this back to video games, believe it or not.
0: Wow, that's a challenge we haven't had in quite a long time. Yeah.
1: So um I was talking about with somebody else the other day about the idea of pandering, right? Yes. About pandering to your customer and specifically in the context of, okay, well, you know, in game press, the game press often panders to the what they think their readers' interests in, in, in education level and understandability level is, right? I think you and I were talking about this. Yeah, we were. I was actually also talking about it with someone else. Okay. But certainly. Um, so, what, okay, what's the word pandering means? You can go look it up on Google. Um, but the interesting thing is that, okay, 1950s, right, if you were – writing in some media outlet and you were writing about something that was kind of esoteric, right? It's the not
0: to the dictionary again, by the way.
1: Come on. Esoteric, really? <laughs>
0: Do you have you met our listeners?
1: Maybe this is not, not, not as to good put them down, but not, I don't... maybe this was not as good a compliment as I thought. But anyway. <laughs> right? Back then you didn't have this incredible facility to look up stuff at a moment's notice that you do now. And I think people still continue to discount this fact, right? If I if I see something I don't know what it is, I will just type it into Google and then you know what it is, right? And I think that s- so many people are in this practice, but the people who are actually generating media like game magazines and even other media are I think still kind of stuck in this mindset that like we have to, you know, we, we can't we can't put stuff that we're talking about that's too esoteric or too weird or too strange or too not common because people won't know what it is. But I think we totally live in a different kind of age now. You know, We live in the kind of age where you can figure out what something is in a matter of seconds the instant that you get the thought to think of it, right?
0: Well, if you have an internet connection, sure.
1: If you have an internet connection, yes. I'm making that huge assumption, right? <laughs> Like, I was reading a tobacco ad the other day, and I was there's so much of a Spinnaker logo, and I'm like, what is a Spinnaker? You know, it looks like this upside-down Nike symbol, right? What's a Spinnaker? Oh, I type it in. Oh, a Spinnaker. It's a type of sail that they use on sailboats. Like, how cool. I didn't know that before.
0: Now you do? Now you do. Now
1: everyone else knows.
0: Okay. I'm like, not sure how this relates to your uh, pandering discussion.
1: Well, the whole idea of pandering to people is to give them content that's appropriate to at least on some level, like, they're, they're either expected, like, age level or intellect level or consumption level, right?
0: Yeah. So I was saying you should write to the level of the reader so that they don't have to do all this work to find this information.
1: Right. And my position okay. is more like you should write to your own level because now the readers have many more devices to figure out what you're all about and what you're writing about than they used to.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I still don't know if I agree.
1: Yeah. I, don't. That's that's you know what? That's my in incontrovertible position. Okay.
0: Well, uh we've got a couple minutes left before we go to break. Um I could I could talk about Portal too. <sighs> I I don't have much to say other than I played through it and it was yeah. fun, although it wasn't as exciting as it the first one, just because the first one was so new. You you want to talk about that? Let's Portal. sure it came out, yay. yeah, okay so so Ara worked <laughs> on a game that released today. I'm
1: totally destroying this. So Did it released today. Yeah. So MX versus ATV Alive. I worked on it. It came out today, I think, or yesterday, or very recently.
0: I've definitely seen it mentioned lately.
1: Yeah, and they're they're doing a huge advertising campaign and all this stuff. So um, you should buy it just because I
0: worked on it because it's cool. So okay. Go do that. sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was one of those that you uh, you weren't there from, like, start to finish, right? Like, you worked on it after you finished your previous project.
1: Yeah, specifically, actually, like, I worked on a lot of UI design and some ancillary design.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, so I played Portal 2, finished it. I have not played any of the cooperative levels.
1: So, so do you think Portal 2 better than 1 or same as 1 or worse than 1?
0: So the problem is that I, ha- I haven't played 1, you know, since it came out.
1: Right, but you played 1.
0: I did. I played all the way through the first one. But I did just, not just by this.
1: going by recollection, like, how do you feel right what, now? What I
0: can tell you is uh, the experience of playing the first one was far more profound than the experience I had playing the second one, because the second one is basically the same thing. Okay, and the well, first one was all new. Right. So that's what I liked about it. But it is still really awesome and hilarious to boot. Well, uh, I have something
1: profound to say when we return. All
0: right. We'll be right back. Arizona's news talk leader, KFNX, AM 1100.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. If you'd like to call in and harass or harangue us, or give,
0: I'm gonna try now. I'm or looking. Or
1: confront us with words that are way too esoteric.
0: <sighs> I'm gonna look for words now. You can call. us. I don't have that wide of vocabulary anymore, and I realize it's because I stopped reading. Like I went to school, I would. I hate reading. I just do not do it. Um, can I somehow though? When can I give I read,
1: out the phone number?
0: No. Um,
1: 866-536-1100. 866-536-1100.
0: Okay, so. When I was a kid growing up, I would be required to read certain books for school and uh, texts and whatever, and I would read them. And I would soak them into my brain, and that's how now I can write, and I understand the use of commas and stuff like that, not because I was really taught it, but just because I do, um, from reading the very few things that I've, I've read. Other people read lots, and they don't pick the stuff up, and I, I can't understand it. But anyway. I think
1: it's, you know what, I think it's not how much you read as much as it is what you read. At
0: some well, if it's what you read, then I got nothing on anybody else because I did not read anything special. I think perhaps it's that I paid attention while I read, which is what makes well, me such a I'm, slow, crappy I, reader. I'm
1: sure that that's important, too.
0: Um, yeah, I was getting to a point that I've now forgotten. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I mean, my! My lack of vocabulary because yeah. I stopped reading yeah. as soon as I was no longer required to do so. Now I all I read is crap on the internet where n- nobody uses interesting language. Right. So now my vocabulary has dropped to that of a fifth grader.
1: Well, you're so lucky you have me as a friend.
0: <laughs> What's funny is I don't think you do a terrible amount of reading either.
1: Not, not anymore. But I'll tell <laughs> you, I think that uh, you'll probably find a big difference in someone's vocabulary if they read like, um, I don't know, like all of Danielle Steele's books versus like.
0: I have a lot of synonyms for throbbing.
1: Yeah, versus like, um, like scientific nonfiction.
0: Okay, yeah, there, there would certainly be a difference. Yeah. All right. So uh, what I want to get to in this second segment, um, now that we've gotten the advertising for Amex versus ATV alive <laughs> by THQ.
1: Well, no, it's, it's it's not, though. I wish it were, because that means we'd get money, but we don't. So
0: You know, I uh, should point out, by the way, the goal of this program is not to hawk any particular product. We did not start this program so that we could hawk UAT. Not at all. Although you should go to UAT.edu, <laughs> the website for the University of Advancing Technology. Um, they just make the show possible. Um, and the fact that you came on the show had nothing to do with the fact that you worked for THQ um, or Rainbow, which...
1: You were just impressed. then
0: became THQ. Like it's somewhere along the line of when you started the show to now. Yeah. Rainbow was was like wholly eaten by a THQ, right?
1: It actually happened before I came there. I think it was bought out, like either right when I arrived there or right before.
0: Okay, but the name change hadn't happened.
1: No, that's that, that's okay. totally because Rainbow does.
0: does not exist anymore, right? That, by that's name. Right, that's right. Okay.
1: No, it shall not be uttered
0: <laughs> except when I decide to talk about. it. So. Anyway, so that is not our purpose here. We don't. uh, We lose money doing this show, and this is something I brought up actually. Um, I was interesting story. So Joe, who we've mentioned and has called into the show before,
1: our friend Joe.
0: Yeah. um, He sees me playing Portal Two, which I just mentioned I was playing this weekend, and uh, he said, "Hey, is that worth getting?" And I said, "Yeah, definitely." And Amazon has it for only thirty-five bucks right now. You should totally get it. And uh, well, this is through the text speak of, of uh xbox messenger right so nice so my sentences were more limited since i don't have a chat pad but i'm like yeah you should get it and uh if you do actually go to you know this domain name which links to my amazon affiliate account so i can make some money and i was like he said oh that's cool yeah no problem i buy stuff on there all the time i'll totally use that so i was like oh sweet and i realized you know what i should do that on the show i should tell people <laughs> that they should buy stuff through our link so that we can try to recoup some of the costs associated with this show because i've i've never asked to purchase i've never done that whole like donate to the show keep it going i would totally but if uat stopped funding the show yeah. it would not happen anymore straight up goodbye and even though they sponsor the show i still lose money yes.
1: <laughs> doing it so I, i'm fully aware
0: <laughs> i'm going to point this out to anyone who's listening if you're a friend of the show or a listener and you want to help keep it alive uh, like, quite honestly, it's not going anywhere, provided that our, our lead sponsor stays with us. I'm not going to take it away. But let it be noted that I spend actual money <laughs> keeping the show alive through expenses that, you know, I don't need to get into every detail of. But I keep track of these things and I report them to the IRS and it's always a loss. <laughs> so if you want to support us, not my game buying habit, but just the keeping this sound coming to you. You know what? I don't even have a domain for you right now.
1: And this sound, if you're sick of that sound.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just go to alanweissman.com, but that's not cool. I need to come up with, like, a Chatterbox-related domain. You, just say, you should put up a link, yeah, if, yeah on, our, if, on, our, on our site. If, if you go to the site right now, I think there's, a, like, what are we playing, yeah. where you can buy from Amazon, but it's what we were playing, like, two years ago, because yeah. I don't update the site ever. Pretty much. And then you could buy something through that link. But, but I'll make a better one, and I'll announce this sometime in the near future, that, like, hey, if you want to support, just follow this link, go to Amazon. You're buying stuff on Amazon anyway. And if you haven't bought Portal 2, you should go buy it from Amazon using a link on our website or something, um, because I will get a very small portion of that, which will help me feel better about doing the show, since I've never asked you for anything at other times. Please,
1: please, um, guys, you just, don't want to know what it's like when Elon's depressed, so yeah, make him happy
0: for me. Whatever. like I'm, I'm not totally poor or anything, but it's nice to not see all that money going down the tubes to put on a radio show. So, uh, yeah. Not where I was intending to go, the second segment. So speaking there, of tubes... There it is tubes. All right. All right. There was there was something else I want to talk about, let's do your thing first.
1: Okay. So last week we were ending the show with with this New York Times article and you know it was right at the end of the show. And so we promised to you that this is a topic that's deserving of some further discussion and so um here now for your listening pleasure is the further discussion. are
0: You going to read it in the voice of Arnold?
1: No. I wish I wish I I really want to, but I'll okay. gonna, I'm going to spare you guys this time. Um so to recap very briefly, right? New York Times story a few weeks ago talking about how there's the ESRB and the title of their article is called "Busy Job of Judging Video Game Content to Be Ceded to Machines." And if you can go, ceded is c-e-d-e-d, right? Okay. Which means to be left to machines. If you're too lazy to use the Google, it's not
0: ceded or ceded no. like. Planting things, right? No,
1: it's neither one of them. Seeded with a C. Yeah, it's like okay.
0: Homonyms, man. They trip up people listening to the radio.
1: Yeah. So, this article is basically all about telling you, the reader, or you, the listener, that. Well, we had the system the ESRB did previously, where we would we being like the developer, the developer of the game would create like a video of all of the possibly questionable content, and that would be reviewed, and then the game would be given a rating.
0: Yeah, so to clarify, I uh, I work for the game company. I put together a video of whatever link that needs to be, I believe. I don't think there was a length restriction. You send it over to the ESRB so that they don't have to actually play it. They can just view it, and ostensibly you would be showing them the footage that's necessary because later if it comes out after it's been released something that the esrb didn't review that they deem they should have they'll get upset at you and not rate your games in the future so you have incentive to actually show them the bad parts of the game
1: right and it's actually it's been going this way for quite some time and the system generally works i mean it's soccer moms
0: in a room who have time during the day or something right that's what it is
1: i don't know if they're soccer moms but it's someone in a room someone who works for the esrb
0: i i heard it's like it's like housewives and stuff who have some extra time it
1: very well may be Okay. They may be or married. They may own a house. Who knows? So the interesting thing is this: it's worked this way the like the whole time, right? It's it's pretty much like it's kind of like an honor system on the part of the developer, where the developer is like, "Look, here's all our bad stuff or stuff you could think is bad. Give us, you know, give us the rating." And, and usually, it's like the developer knows, like they're targeting a rating. It's like when when a developer makes a game, because this system is just so prevalent. They know, okay, well, you know, we're going to shoot for an M and we have a pretty good idea of what is M territory. Or we're going to shoot for a T and, you know, developers pretty much know what that is and what an E is and so on, right? So this has never been a problem. But this article basically talks about how, well, okay, this is a very laborious process This is to prepare, like, this video to take video capture. And, like, this is actually quite laborious for the developers because they have to find resources to do all these things, And all this stuff. And they said, okay, well, instead of that, what we're going to do is we're going, we've devised this online questionnaire, this digital questionnaire that you're going to fill out. And there's all the questions that could ever possibly be presented that relate to a rating are on that. And you basically tell the truth as the developer and you answer the questions. Now, the scary part, or the seemingly scary part, is that, oh, this activity of judging the video game content is now going to be done by machines. But what this article does not tell you or does not do a good job of explaining to you in a clear way is that the only thing that is being ceded to machines is mass processing these questionnaires and the answer to these questionnaires and distilling the answers into a single rating output, Right. Which is not scary. It's something that you would totally want to automate. Of course. Uh,
0: does this mean that they're not doing the video stuff anymore? It means that... Right. That's basically what it means,
1: is that you're going to do a questionnaire as a developer. You're going to send them the answers. They're going to give you the rating based on that electronically. And,
0: that, then, and then if you lie, good. it's then bad news to you. Ah, uh, I just don't think that... You don't uh, think that's cool? I think... I mean, I don't think it's going to work as a rating system. All right. I well, don't we'll mind the computers are reviewing the numbers. We'll I don't think it's a bad method. But right. anyway, we're going to break. We'll be right back, and I will tell you about something else that relates to last week's show.
1: Hello, it's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number
0: one. Woohoo! Okay, so we are back. Uh, you wanted to say one more thing about this this computer review. Yeah, so so to clarify,
1: actually, um, the the ESRB is actually only going to rate games in this automated way, just just the online games. The regular retail box copies, they're still going to do it. Just in the online
0: games manner. or just downloadable games?
1: Digital games, digital downloadable games.
0: Okay, so you buy a game at retail that goes online.
1: Right. Not XBLA,
0: PSN. We oh, I not have to worry about PSN games, huh? And do, uh, <laughs> not for the time being. Oh, for yeah. those who don't know, by the way, it was supposed to be up this week, and it's getting pushed back till the end of the month. So uh, it's PSN oh, is now officially out. It's a little scary. Well, By the time it comes on, if it comes on by the, the current estimate time, which is the end of the month, will have been out for over a month. By the time it comes out, my project, my
1: chassis project of building at home will be finished.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's stop to think about this. You have a company that is one of a very few ridiculously large electronics companies. One department that you have is video games. And a huge revenue stream, huge portion of your business is uh, making sure that the online element exists, that is there and presenting the storefront. And it's not just the consumers who are missing out on games. We mentioned this before, and Capcom... like. Talk, Joystick had an article talking about uh, mentioning that Capcom talked about it. Like they're losing a bunch of money. Yeah. Because they're not selling their games. Lots. Because ev- no one can get on there. Yeah. Lots of companies are. Every company who has games there for sale is losing money. Yeah. Potentially, unless they had a no-seller. But um, I should point out, by the way, while the service was down over Easter weekend, uh, it was like my system received data because I turned it on to check to actually see what the experience would be if I wanted to play online. So I tried to get Little Big Planet 2 playing, but it's all like. Oh, you need to update your system. So I thought, okay, well, let's try to download the update. See what happens. It downloaded the update, which means it got data, right? Um, nothing useful would happen if I wanted to do online stuff within Little Big Planet 2. But uh, data was downloaded to the system to update my system, and also I think to update the update the Little Big Planet 2 game, which was amazing to me, considering I was told it was down at the time. It wasn't so solid; like they hadn't released their announcement yet about uh, the outages. I just like you could try it. once it updated i could go on to try to access psn and it would say um you know it's down for maintenance but what's interesting is i don't know if you, how long ago you turned on your playstation 3 it's but, been a while but they implemented uh, they always had like a little bit of, of news that was streamed or information but now it's like there's a big old section that's for advertising things that are in the psn store before right. you log in right, right. to PSN or before you're actually like in the, the PSN yeah, Browsable yeah, Network yeah, yeah. so it's like hey there's you know a square telling me that this demo just came out okay. um, yeah, just so like with Xbox Live that's
1: a grid of those nine squares
0: yeah Yeah. Um, so while the while the outage was happening over Easter weekend new data that data appeared for me it was talking about like new demos and stuff like clearly because I hadn't turned my system on in months um, clearly I was receiving data from the system while this outage was supposedly in but stuff play. you can't get at yeah, when I tried to actually go into PSN, it said no maintenance. But I updated my system, I updated a game for the system, and I got data in that little menu. So their their system was on and transmitting something, yeah. uh, whether or not they intended it to. I don't I don't know. Maybe it was before, like yeah. some sort of I'm proactive outage. I'm guessing
1: that's a completely different
0: channel yeah. of communication. But but that was interesting to me because it was pulling data. Yeah. It's, it's it's a big mess. Anyway, uh, so you clarified this computer thing, ESRB. I think it's a bad idea because. Um, and I'll try to make this very quick. I think if you're going to present something, like they're always going to find new ways to to piss off soccer moms, right? And so they need to have the freedom to demonstrate what, you know, they think might be considered out of bounds because if they're not given that freedom and then they're yelled at for not providing that information, that's
1: Well, a conflict. honestly, I think that that type of situation only applies to developers who have a reputation for pushing the edge. And it's not it's like okay, I'm holding one finger up rockstar and then okay I don't know who else. But they're running with scissors and maybe a handful more.
0: To be honest, not many people do push the edge with Xbox Live and with PSN, Yeah, but there's a, a lot probably, larger
1: they're probably using that as a test bed and frankly I think that it's also because they need they need to find a way to keep up with all the new games and this is I think one of their ways of managing that
0: because Perhaps, I, but I considering it's much a larger group of people who are making games yeah. for these because it's much more accessible in terms of development, uh, someone's going to be pushing that envelope, and they need to have the ability. It's not; it can't just be like a multiple choice. You know, your game's going to have A, B, C, D, or E, other, and you have to like write it in and not demonstrate it. I but, think
1: I think that um, I think that they have more corners covered than you are expecting them.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying I don't think it's
1: for it's great. for Christ's sake. Probably again, for article, 99% of the cases, the article describes different varieties of depiction of poo. <laughs> so I think they well, that, pretty that's much important. got That's important. Pretty much got almost all the angles covered. I'm oh. sure there might be one or two outliers, but I see this thing as a win-win for ESRB and for developers for pretty much everybody. Because you just makes, don't like
0: the article, the the heading. It's
1: it's the well the whole. It's not just the headline though. The whole the whole article is just completely alarmist. When the the article the author is framing it. As like, machines are going to decide, and machines can't be trusted, and robots are strong, and will wrestle the ground. This is why you should have ground. read it in
0: the Arnold voice.
1: See? <laughs> so, all right, and so, it's
0: not. They're just processing questionnaires. It's like processing standardized tests, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, different topic. I, I mentioned uh, before the break that I wanted to, to talk about something that sort of relates to the last week's show. So, I solicited uh, listeners for... Um, you know, recollections of experiences they've had with a game that, you know, I don't want to say, like, made you all sniffly or made your heart palpitate. Like, just... Made a really big impression. Yeah, made, a, made an impact on you, like a conscious impact on you, if not during, then after the fact, uh, that, like, that was something special. You just... That gaming experience was something that you don't get often. They did something really, really well. Like
1: Mickey Mouse hitting his head on Castle of Illusion. Yeah,
0: we got an email. Before the show was even over, we got an email from someone talking about the World of Illusion. Yeah, although that got
1: Castle of Illusion.
0: Well, no, he said I didn't play Castle of Illusion, I played World of Illusion. Yeah, the much lamer version.
1: Okay. Yeah, which which was... I was so disappointed because you told me about it, but then he was like, Yeah, that was really cool. I never actually played that one. I played this other one that was similarly named. Yeah. But alas.
0: Okay, so... Was that the Wii one that just came out? Is it, I don't know what he was referencing. No, or was I, it just I like think, a different? No, I think they sequel? made.
1: Yeah, I think they made another one around that time, and it just okay. wasn't as good.
0: Anyway, um, I what I wanted was it, to hear people's, you know, just stories like that. That something that may be I don't even remember the one that I gave you last week. Yeah. But uh, then I, you know, I read joystick as I do, and on May sixth, Justin McElroy, who at some point in the history of time was a fan of this show, because I have talked to him in the past, and he's. Said he liked it. So anyway, he works for for Joystick now, and he um, he wrote this thing. the The title is "Sob Story: Why I'll Be Playing Children of Eden with Connect."
1: Yeah, and and you read this to me. I have to put a disclaimer before you continue. You read this to me over the break, and I thought that it was filled with enough pretentiousness that I actually couldn't understand what he was in fact trying to convey.
0: I won't argue that. Um,
1: but I know that you don't feel well. Not the, same the first way.
0: part, like. I certainly think he made the story be very story-like and and perhaps tried to add a little bit of, of metaphor or something that was unnecessary yeah, to pay a point. I, did, but I didn't get
1: a lot of genuineness out of it. I th- well, I, I
0: think he was trying really hard to be genuine. Really?
1: Because yeah. I didn't... Maybe
0: he failed for you. I don't know. But it's funny because it, we were talking earlier about how you like to write in a way that is for you and the other people have to live up to your level. And you're saying here it would have been better if he just wrote more succinctly and explained what was going on
1: well I, I wouldn't exactly characterize it that way I just thought that he was he was so concerned about being like dramatic or flowery about the exposition of what he was describing that I think he really like it, it, it interfered with his ability to communicate to me All right, personally
0: what? I think we are being pretentious by not actually talking about what he wrote and just talking about how I, he talked about. I what totally he wrote. agree.
1: <laughs> okay, we should remedy that immediately.
0: So I'm I'm not going to read the article to you guys. You can read it if you want to. But apparently, Children of Eden is a game being published by Ubisoft, which you know saddens me. But um. But this is this is called, the
1: successor to Rez. I had never
0: heard of it, so I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. He yeah. he refers to it as the spiritual successor to. Yeah, res.
1: and and it is in fact it's the same guys and it's the same type of game.
0: Okay, well sure then I. I don't know why I'd never heard of it, right. but uh, uh, Res certainly is an interesting experience, uh, or was at the time, because yeah. the the music and they threw that word synesthesia around a lot. I don't
1: also think pretentious.
0: It, yeah, because I don't think there is any synesthesia going on in that no, game. No, because if there is, if you, you know what the definition is.
1: Yeah, you'd have to be like dropping some acid in order to enjoy that.
0: Yeah, or just naturally be synesthesia. Is yes, that Yes. it is.
1: And some people are that way, Yeah. and I, it's pretty
0: red. A surprising percentage of people are, actually. But it manifests in different ways. Anyway, yeah. moving on. He's he. Here's the summary of the article. You sound so this, red to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he says, um, this game is one that allows you to play with the Kinect or the controller. Right, right, right now, there are no games like that. You either play with Kinect or you play with the controller. You don't have the option. True. Uh, I mean, with the exception of browsing through menus for certain, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. video things. Um, and so he says, my plan was, play it with Connect, play it with controller, compare, you know, the scores that I come up with to see if one is better. And then he played it with Connect and he's like, this is just amazing. It made me cry, right? Uh, and, and he was describing the experience of basically feeling of power. He's like, I'm playing this level. The level's called The Matrix, and I totally felt like Neo. It's totally unrelated to The Matrix movies. But he said that... The level is called Matrix, and he felt like Neo, who was just standing there using his arms and shooting things with his arms, like pushing into this screen to throw missiles, and and he, he felt really powerful. And um, that is exactly what I was looking for last week. So it was a very timely article for me. Does it feel powerful? No, it's a description of someone's experience playing a game that moved them. I have a couple more comments when we return right. about that. that's what i'm looking for so if you have an experience like that let me know i want to hear more about it so aside from perhaps the pretension of the article it was perfectly timed for my goals so we'll be right back
1: back once again. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and we were talking about this. Um, what is it? Children of Eden game. Yes, which is actually developed by Q Entertainment, the same just yeah. like you
0: said, the same people who made Red.
1: Yeah. So actually, there, there's something that really piqued my curiosity about this this uh, McElroy's um, article, right? And he was he was really focusing on how that game, when he was playing it with the Kinect, it empowered him. Right, with this like supernatural superhero, like, I am the power of everything.
0: He also used the word immerse in yeah. various forms several yeah, times. Yeah,
1: let's, let's not get into that for I, a
0: second. I think another way to summarize his feelings, though, is that he felt truly immersed. That, Perhaps. Yeah, sure, sure. A large part <laughs> Sure, of it. okay. But
1: I want to focus in on this, this thing, like... This feeling of power that he was conveying, right? Like this was really, really important to him, right? And this was actually part of what threw me for a loop in this assessment of playing this game in these two different ways with Connect and with the controller, right? And he said that that he didn't get any of that feeling with the controller, you know. And I'm just wondering how that feeling would develop over time, because the thing is, like, it, it, this is still kind We're of developing like, sore arms. Well, well, uh, well, that's one thing, right? But the, the angle that I'm thinking of is that, you know, if if you're playing a game and if you feel like you have like dominion and power over everything in the game, like this is very satisfying for a very short period of time. But once you realize that it's like that for a long enough period of time, you actually become tired of it, right? And this this kind of like absolute power feeling when you it, it, it's bound to fade very quickly over time if nothing presents you as a challenge. And so I'm really wondering, like, if this was, if there was any kind of challenge in what he was doing, or if he felt challenged, or if it was just like, the, you know, you know, the feeling of like doing the game genie code or like the code in no, like I, I invincibility it, it mode it and blowing everything up
0: easier. I don't think it. Like when we say power, yeah. It the point was that it it was him throwing a missile rather than him using a controller that caused his his character in the game to throw a missile, right? Yeah. See, that's so, that, that it just wasn't clearly communicated. That's that's why I think immersion is a better word to describe, you know, what caused the emotion for him. Um
1: it and it, and if that's it the wasn't case, the
0: power. It wasn't that he felt like he was god in the game or right. something.
1: Well, that, that's an important distinction that I think should be made. But if that's the case in fact, then I think that's totally valid.
0: Well, also the the word power may very well be mine, not his. Okay. Um
1: then I, then I shall blame you. He, he
0: did say that... Here's one interesting line. Uh, he said, what I'm saying is that playing Child of Eden with Kinect is like being a Jedi and the One referencing Neo simultaneously. Um, right, but that's the thing. Like, so that's why, The Jedi and the One don't ever make mistakes. Well, the One did.
1: Well, <laughs> generally speaking. Uh, know, I mean, everyone's I, allowed
0: to pass here and there. but My point was like, I... I converted that into the word power. He felt powerful. But I think what he meant was that he just he felt connected. No pun <laughs> intended there. Um, he felt very very connected to the game. And well
1: that's that's cool. I mean I can respect that.
0: And so I now want to play that, even though Res really in the long run is a pretty boring game, yeah. to be honest. Even though like yeah. I pretended to really like it. Back in the day.
1: Well, I was I was thoroughly bored by it immediately, just because it it just seemed like it was very very similar to the other types of games, but just more abstract and less interesting well, to look Well, like
0: at. it's is straight up Panzer Dragoon with cool music. Yeah. Like, there's there's nothing else going on there. It just is. But I I mean I guess the music and the timing also can be more effective in how you destroy things. But the gameplay is just Panzer Dragoon, and like that gameplay has been done a lot. Right. And I don't, exactly. I don't really need it anymore. So I hope Children of Eden is not the same thing with prettier graphics. But I know nothing about that game. But, hey, you know what? I mean, if if any
1: if any game can create that type of experience and that type of feeling with, you know, the connect, I think it's that game.
0: Yeah, eh, potentially. I, you know, I have the, I never got to use the trans vibrator, I and mean, I have it, but I've never really put it to the test. Yeah. Uh, that was for res. So yeah. maybe one day I'll break it out, but I doubt it. I wonder if that has any market value. Maybe I could sell that. Transfibrator? Yeah. More than
1: you think, my friend.
0: Yeah. I could sell it for 20
1: bucks. You can sell it in more than one market. That's what you can do.
0: I suppose. Well, we've got a few minutes left. So um, in that time, I'm going to remind everyone to go to UAT.edu, website for the University of Advancing Technology, a fine, fine place where you can uh, be pretentious and talk about video games pretty much all the time. Now, um, I've got several things. You've got several things. Where do you want to go? I got
1: I got a couple of quick ones. All right, let's do it. I'll do one, and then how about you do one? Sure. All right. So, have you heard of the game Hyper Dimension Neptunia?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Okay, this, so this is interesting, right? Because this game, um, it's this RPG, like, super anime style, right? And actually also... Not,
0: not surprised with a name like that.
1: Also super, like, fan service, like, you know, boobs and butts and all that stuff. Okay. It's It's almost... All things I like. All things that we all enjoy. Um, it actually has a reputation for being a really bad game. I haven't actually played it, but it's it's been reputed to be one of those games that it's like, it's it's totally just like a soft porn media type thing, and, and a lot of people don't like the gameplay. But there's something funny that the developer and the publisher did with downloadable content for this game, and... The funny thing is, Move is that... Move the boobs to the butt and the butt to the boobs. No, it's not that, it's not that funny. Oh. Okay, and that's not even funny. Because <laughs> they're pretty much the same thing. Ideally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, there's these characters that you run into in this game, right? And these characters, depending on what goes on, decide to join your party. And the game will say, so-and-so's joined your party, right? Um. Here's the catch. A lot of these characters that join your party... You can't actually use them. You can't actually use them until you buy a corresponding activation pack for one hundred ninety nine. And so what the game has actually done is they've actually placed chara- these characters that you don't have access to in a highly visible location, taunting you this entire time until you actually plunk down the coin to enable it. And this sounds rather insidious to me, so I wanted to to tell you guys about it, and and you too, Alon, to
0: see what you thought. I agree with you, but so I want to basically boil it down. It's basically advertising downloadable content within a game instead of within a menu in a game. You know what? You're totally right. That's precisely what it is. Yeah. Because in in Rock Band, you can go to the shop, right? And you know you're going to be buying more stuff. That's what you're doing. This, you're already in the game, and it's like, oh, hey, buy me. Buy me. Right? Yeah. but this this plays very directly into the complaint that I and lots of other people had when downloadable content became a reality. That it's going to be stretched, you know, further than it should. Where it's not just extending a game beyond what the game would be if you bought it at retail. Right. It's giving you a crippled game and forcing uh, you to buy more if you want to have the real experience. Um, and by, by actually injecting... That's what this, it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah, by injecting it into the game, it's clear that it's intended to be part of the game. It's not something they added afterwards or they didn't have time for or something like that. Um, they, they intended it to be very specifically part of the game you're playing now, not like an extra mission. And by doing that, I uh, get very upset. Like, if you're going to sell them the game, it's going to be the game, it's going to be the way you want it to be. You know, whether you're an artist or a businessman, either way, you should be presenting a package that is complete at point of sale. And if you want to sell downloadable content, that's fine. uh, But it should make that complete package, you know, something bigger. You shouldn't be giving someone uh, a package that is incomplete. I I agree completely. It's just unfair. Yeah, it
1: doesn't doesn't sound right. Here's the kicker, right, is that NIS America, who published it, totally, completely admitted this. And they don't have any problem with it. They actually released a statement this was this was originally posted on Kutako some, some time ago. This is what they said. Unlocking characters through DLC is nothing new to our games. The difference for this time is that the additional characters are already in the game. Having these characters already in the game will help players attach to the characters. And if players would like to play the characters, they have options to download the DLC to unlock them. Having these characters in the party is like a tease. Yep. so they're told like they're not even trying to hide it. they're totally being upfront about it, which I think was interesting because it seemed to kind of like diffuse the controversy about it, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, we know it's really insidious, we're doing it on purpose,
0: yeah, no, and I mean in terms of like ethics business practices, whatever they can do what they want, I don't have to buy the game, sure um but uh, you know, I'd like to take it a step further and see if they did something like that, but they only put like really like I have no idea what this game is about, but let's say you're walking through a town... It's about characters
1: like, that are named after old video game consoles.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let, let's say... fictional that ones. The only characters you can buy are the ones that are, like, you know, really stereotypically something someone would pay extra for, like for a whore or something. Like, this is the the <laughs> town whore, and you can pay for her to be part of your party, and when you buy that content, you're going to get, you know, more interesting visuals and whatever. Anyway, uh, so that's the end of the show. I can't really get into my bit. I wanted to to comment a little bit on apparently how Capcom had a policy on sequel making. So um, we can save that for next week. But uh, yeah, so we're done. Um, I want to remind everyone that that E3 is coming up soon. Please write Um, us if you're angry about something or if you're happy about something. Yeah, Or if you want to send a word Ara's way that you don't think he already knows. (laughs) Uh, Which isn't that unlikely. I mean, you're not an English major.
1: I'm not. And it's not a vocabulary contest. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But I'm, I'd like to see that anyway. Uh, yeah so end of the show If you have anything else uh, that you want us to talk about next week feel free email us ChatterboxGameshow.com is the website and if I mean if you're buying stuff on the Amazon which it should be uh, you know feel free to go to our website and find a link and, and then buy it through there buy whatever you want go through, It'd be fantastic. Uh, you got anything before we go? all I have is to say good night
1: everybody. Where's,
0: where's mine when we need I'm it? I'm going
1: out to the
0: bar tonight. Where We could have, we could have the i back my right my at muscles. the end. And he's just...
1: Okay. I can see him. That's he's it. Getting
0: ready. It's over. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info in the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.